When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello friends, future friends, haters, and ex-lovers. Welcome back to another episode of Crimes of the Heart. I'm your host, Rory Uphold. And today's special guest is a second-generation, lifelong matchmaker. She's seen a lot of people fall in love, and she's witnessed a lot of what does and does not work. And while all of this is purely anecdotal and just her opinion, I was excited to hear about her observations. Before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to share a couple of the things that I've been thinking about recently. Ever since my conversation with Ian Kerner, I've really been thinking a lot about attraction and desire, and whether attraction is something that is innate or it can grow. By the way, if you have an opinion on this, I would love to hear it, so please leave it in a comment on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or slide into my DMs. I, I'm really curious to know what your thoughts are. Because towards the end of this episode, my guest, Tammy, discusses the different priorities that men and women seem to have when they're being matched up. Men almost always know if they're attracted to a woman, and they know it immediately, and it rarely changes, and they also prioritize it the most when being matched. Whereas women tend to prioritize it last. And Tammy has seen women become more attracted as they get to know a man. And part of me wonders if this is just the difference between men and women, but the other part of me wonders if this is a result of programming. Obviously, I don't have the answers. This is just something I've been thinking about. But I don't know a single man that owns a dating book. And yet, I don't know many women who don't own at least one. There is a multi-billion dollar industry based around helping women find love, chase love, secure a man, lock it down, which is subliminally teaching us a scarcity mindset. And if you've listened to the show for a while, you know how I feel about scarcity mindset. I am actively fighting against it because I feel like that's what the media projected at me growing up. It was always two girls, two best friends fighting over a guy, and never the guys fighting over a girl and ruining their friendship. So I can't help but wonder if women have just been sold this idea about security and holding down a man, and therefore we're willing to compromise more than men are. And if none of this is making sense to you, you might need to go back and listen to that episode with Ian Kerner, because we really do dive into the thousands and thousands of people he has helped and how attraction and desire do seem to be one of those core issues that he cannot fix. And while it is a controversial topic, is desire and attraction something that is innate, 
or can that actually grow and change? And so, yeah, I've, I've found myself thinking about that a lot. And today's conversation really got me thinking about it even more because a lot of this does come up in our conversation. And before we jump into it, don't forget to rate and review the show. Drop me five stars and join the mailing list by going to the link in the show notes that takes you to the website so that you are automatically entered for all future giveaways. Okay, without further ado, today I am joined by... Tammy Pickle of Elite Connections International. Welcome to Crimes of the Heart. Thank you so much for having me, Roy. Yeah, I'm I'm grateful. You know, I I like that you don't have social media. I mean, I, you do, but it, that it's not your brand. It it makes me trust you more as a matchmaker. <laughs> Our company's been around forever, and like you can look reviews and you can find things that were like legitimate other places. But yes, it's not all about you know, the social media, it's more about helping the clients and good reviews and you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, well, I think that the matchmaking has become oddly popular recently, especially online. And it's something that I find a little sus, like, I would love to hear. So who are your clients? Are they men, women, both? Yeah, we work for men and women. Um, I mean, we have full paying clients, male and female from, I would say, 20s to 80 and everyone in between, um, but more more in between that age, you know, like 50s and 60s is probably our larger pool that are investing in a matchmaker, that kind of thing. But we do bring in clients to meet other clients. So there could be possibly, you know, complimentary matches that we would bring people in just to meet other clients and they kind of sit in our database. Um, so we really do work for all ages. I mean, we have offices nationwide and internationally, but some of our bigger locations are kind of Southern Northern California, Miami, New York. Those are some of our bigger offices. And are people using you just sort of to date because they're busy or is it more like I'm trying to get married? Yeah, both. I think they're looking for serious relationships. They're investing in a matchmaker because they're pretty serious about finding the right person. Maybe they don't want to do the online or app route or they went that route and it's just not working for them. It's a lot of work. You know, it's a lot of vetting uh, people themselves, a lot of like talking and wasting time and not meeting the person or meeting the person. And you're like, oh my God, I wasted so much time talking to someone that I wasn't even interested in, all those types of things. So um, I think people that come to us are a bit more serious. They're investing in finding the right person and they appreciate that we are meeting and screening and interviewing and background searching and all those things for them. So we're kind of taking all the work out for them. And then they see pictures, profiles, they agree to meet the person. Um, we set it up for the two of them. We get feedback on the date. If they're interested or not interested in seeing that person again, 28 years in business, we have tens of thousands of clients in our database. So we have like a really big pool of people that we know personally. And then, you know, we get to know everyone and then have an idea or a sense of two people that might be a good fit based on what they're looking for and all of that. But more importantly, I think we don't do any kind of blind dating. So both people see recent photos, a profile on someone we've vetted for them, and they're excited to meet them. And when, when you're screening or doing background checks, what are you looking for? You know, criminal history, uh, making sure they are who they say they are, if they own their home, you know, what they do for work. And then, you know, we Google search them as well, of course, make sure nothing pops up. So yeah, it's, you know, divorce history, those types of things. 
Got it. Got it. It's really just truly like a, in making sure you're not in a catfish situation. Right. Right. Or like even like somebody has a criminal background of battery or they were in jail or whatever. Uh, so we're making sure that we look into all those things. Yeah. Do you have like a typical profile for like a client? I mean, typically just a professional. We work with teachers all the way to, you know, millionaire business owners and whatnot. We have high profile clients as well, but we work for every different type of person. Really just someone that's busy, professional. They're, you know, looking to meet the right person. We only do one match at a time. So we don't really like let people date multiple people at once. Mm. Um, Yes, I guess they could be off on dating apps or doing their own thing, but we just do one match at a time. We have hold time for that very reason of just investing your time and energy into someone you're interested in and you can freeze your membership with us. So if somebody likes someone, we tell them, okay, like see how it goes with that person. Let us know if and when you're ready. And I get it. Like when you first start dating somebody, you don't know if that's like the one you want to, you know, date a couple times, but like if you're gone on three, four or five dates, then you probably should invest your time in that person and see if it's going to go anywhere. I think so many people are like still swiping and meeting people that they don't really give somebody a true chance to get to know them because they're like, Oh, you know, what other person is around the corner and then they kind of lose touch with the person that maybe they were interested in. So we really have people focus their energy on the person that they're interested in, see if anything happens and and go from there. Yeah. I think the tyranny of choice is a huge issue with dating apps. Yeah. Do you see any like resistance from clients on that? Because I think like for me personally right now, if I was to sign up and then I was told, oh, I only get one person and I have to basically see that through before I meet somebody else. I'm so programmed to be like, well, what else is out there? I feel like it might be a challenge for me. Yeah. So, I mean, if you go on one date, you might not know and you're like, well, Tammy, he was nice and I'm going to see him again. But if he's, is he the one? I don't know. I want to put all my eggs in this one basket. I totally get that. I just kind of mean if you're like dating someone a month in and you're really liking him, I would say give him 100% of your effort and time and see if it goes anywhere versus having too many people that you're talking to. How much energy can you give someone? So that's just a suggestion if you're kind of dating like with, I would say a month into dating someone and really liking them, kind of focus your energy on that person. But yes, Sometimes I do get a little pushback, like, well, I only see them, you know, once a week or once every two weeks. So like, I don't know if it's going to go anywhere. So of course, you know, it's if they are wanting to meet another person, I I probably would if they're not sure if it's going to go somewhere or whatnot. How long do you think you should take? Let's assume you go on a date with somebody and you don't hate it because like that's a very easy no, right? But about how long do you think it takes for somebody to formulate whether or not like, "Mm, I should invest in this or "Eh, I should probably cut bait? Yeah, I mean, I think people usually know on the first date if there's chemistry, if they have some things in common, if they're attracted to the person, right? All those things. And if you are getting, you know, someone's interested in you and they're asking you out again, you might even be more excited to meet that person. And then you get to know them a little better the next date, the next date, the next date. So many times I've had clients like, oh, I don't know if I was feeling it. I was like, well, he's really interested in seeing you again. 
again. If you want to give it a second go, you know, he'd love to see you again. And then they do. And like people start opening up after a second date, third date more because like first date's kind of interviewish. It's kind of awkward and intimidating. And, you know, not everybody is at their very best, right? And so people give somebody an opportunity and they go out a second, third, fourth date, and then they start to be even more interested in them. So I, I mean, you definitely know after a first date, but I would say two dates, three dates in, I think you would know if you're interested in seeing that person and pursuing something with them and seeing how you interact. Are you hearing from them? Are you not hearing from them? Do they seem interested? You know, all those types of things come into play. I have a question for you. So I was set up on a date with a guy and I sat down and my immediate thought was, Hmm, I don't know if I'm like attracted to this person. Yeah. Granted, that's a snap judgment made really quickly just based on appearances. Mm -hmm. And then we had a very long date. And as the date went on, I was like, he's getting more attractive to me, but I still left the date being like, I don't know if I want to have sex with this person. (laughs) Yeah. And I say that because I think it's such an interesting debate. Like, can attraction grow? Can it not? Is it instant? The fact that you're like, people generally know after the first date and you see thousands of people on dates. I'd just be curious, like what your, what your take is, what your advice would be. I think attraction can grow more so for a woman, you know, that they may meet someone and the man can become more attractive to them because of his personality, stability, you know, they get along, he makes her laugh, those types of things. Um, I think attraction can grow for a woman. I think for a man, it's less. I think it's um, the first date, he can tell if he's attracted to the person. And I don't think it's going to grow for him as much as it can grow for a woman. I- interesting. Okay. Interesting. Well, I'll report, <laughs> I'll report back. Yeah. What happened with yours? We haven't gone on a second date yet, though. Okay. He ha- he's asked. Okay. Okay. But you're not super excited about it. So I'm in a season of my life where I'm like, the only thing I'm chasing is my bag. And I also just feel like I don't really feel like I want to date anybody anymore. Like I just want to the next relationship or the next person I'm devoting a ton of energy into. I want that to be the person. And I think, I don't know. There were just things about him where I was like, I don't know. I don't know if he's that hot. And I I know that that's like superficial, but I'm also, I know myself and I'm going to, if I'm going to have sex with this person for the rest of my life, I I think I want to be into it. Yeah. And chemistry is huge and the butterflies and how you're feeling and attraction. It's, it's a big, it's a big deal. I know. So I, I feel know. like, you know, you, you are telling yourself that it's probably not the one and you want to be excited about the person. Um, especially if you're looking for the one and you're not just dating around for fun, you know, you, you want to invest your time wisely. Yes. And I would say I'm also a person though, who has danced with some toxic flames, right? So I think sometimes I'm used to meeting someone immediately wanting to have sex with them, immediately wanting to date them, being like caught in that like love bomb Mm -hmm. energy. And then that's not- that's not it either. So it's a, yeah, it's an interesting kind of pendulum swing to try and get it in the middle. I know. Yeah. I hear you. It's, um, I, and if someone is easy to get along with and has all the other qualities, I probably would say, give it a second chance and see if it grows on you. And it may not, but you won't know unless you try. Exactly. Which is why I've said yes to a second date. And in fact, like I kind of have a 
five date rule. I'm not going out on more than five dates if I don't actually want to like date this person for real, for yeah. real. Yeah. But I think within three to five, like if on the first date, there's not like a red flag or you don't hate them. I'm like, definitely go on a second date and maybe even a third. Yeah. Because like you just said, first dates are awkward for a, a myriad of reasons. Everyone's yeah. nervous. They're trying to impress themselves when they're trying to get as much information out. Sometimes it just isn't, you could pick the wrong place. It could be too loud. Uh, you know what I mean? Like you're afraid yeah. to eat, you're, you're eating too much. I don't know all the things. Yeah. 100%. And, or, or maybe you drink too much, whatever it is. Yeah. So people warm up, you've covered some bases after the second, third, and maybe that's like, it's closer to what you're going to get with a person that you already know. And you're just like getting to know them better, right? Like it, even like meeting a new friend over, you know, lunch or whatever for the first meeting, you're going to get to know them better and better and better. The more you get to know them and open up and let your guard down and find things in common and all the things like it, it just, it takes time sometimes to yeah. really get to know who someone is. You know, people are just kind of interviewee in the beginning and it's, it's uncomfortable and whatever. And as you get more comfortable and open up and it, you know, things start flowing or not. I agree. Do you have any like rules for your clients in terms of you can only have this amount of drinks or you can't have sex for a certain amount of period of time or this person has to pay? Yeah. I mean, I have suggestions. I don't always listen. Yes. The man always pays for the woman. Um, you know, kind of old school about that, that, uh, and if it's, if he's wanting to do something more low key, you know, cocktails and appetizers or something for a first date, because I get it. Like you want a first date and like within the first 30 minutes, you're like, no, I don't even want to waste more time on this person. So I totally get you don't want like a big, expensive dinner for a first date. That's not always necessary. But yes, um, he should pick it up, pick up the tab. He should probably go to where it's convenient for her for at least the first date. But I also think that she should, you know, reciprocate and thank him you know, after the date or the next day for the nice, uh, you know, for the date, even if you, she doesn't want to see him again, a thank you is always appropriate and kind. I always tell my clients don't talk about uh, too much about exes and drama with friends or family or work or whatever. You don't want to be like Debbie Downer. You want to be like positive and talk about good things and what you're passionate about and what you like to do. And I mean, nobody wants to hang out with somebody that's just like uh, kind of down in the dumps and talking about their drama and their problems and how their ex is uh, such a pain in the butt or whatever. So keep it light and positive. And yes, you, you know, if somebody's like, oh, when you're divorced or whatever, you want to tell them a little, but like, just don't go into all the gory skeletons and drama of all your, you know, past relationships and things. Don't play games. You know, if you're not interested, just let that person know. Don't, you know, waste anybody's time. Just uh, be upfront and honest. And, you know, I, you know, I really enjoyed meeting you. I wasn't really feeling a love connection, but I wish you all the best, whatever. And that's where I kind of come into play too, because people don't want to hurt people's feelings. So they'll let me know and I'll let the other person know and all is well. But like, I think people get frustrated after a first date, like on apps or whatever, and you never hear from them. And you're like, I wonder why, you know, I wonder if I did something or whatever. I love this second date update on the radio show. They're always calling and, and asking what they did wrong on the date. And that's kind of what I feel like I help my clients. Like I'm a middleman, a friend, and I'll get feedback and I'll relay that feedback. Like, oh yeah, you drank too much. And you were talking way too much about politics and this and that. So like, we can just 
help them for the future. Maybe they ruin the last date, but we can help them for the next date. What are those things? I'd be so curious, like for you, what's the, what are the top like three think, pieces of feedback that you get where people are like, uh, that, that killed it for me. I would say talking too much about exes and just drama of it. And politics is big right now. But if I'm making these matches and I know it's important to you, like that person aligns, like we don't need to get into like all the gory details of politics and people do a lot. And sometimes it's a turnoff if someone is like, Oh, is that all they care about? Are they extremists and one side or the other? And sometimes that's a turnoff for people. And just being negative about their lives or their work or their fighting with someone or just being like Debbie Downer. Interesting. Interesting. So you did mention drinking. Do you have like a don't go over two drinks rule or suggestion? Or is that kind of like, eh, whatever happens? Yes, I would probably say don't go over. I mean, if it's a long date, um, you know, maybe a, maybe a third, but probably don't go over two drinks for, with dinner. You don't want to look like you're a lush or, you know, that you start to get a little slurry or too much. And that comes into play with like, you know, making out or more on a first date or that kind of thing. You know, get to know that person and and. Make sure that like you're exclusive with that person. So that probably is another rule. I usually suggest, you know, a, a couple months of dating so that you know you're exclusive with that person. But I guess that's just my opinion. And a lot of people don't take my advice on that. I, the only time I ever waited months to have sex with a guy that I ended up dating, we ended up breaking up because of the sex. Oh, see, and you don't want to waste your time. So I get that too, because it wasn't good. A hundred, a hundred. Yeah. It's so interesting. I mean, I, I get the advice. I think it's very, very different in a situation, like in your situation, like if I'm being set up, if I'm paying money, if I'm, if I'm going through this process, I think it's like, trust the process. But one of my personal biggest pet peeves with like dating books and things like that is this idea that women have to kind of weaponize sex or their sexuality in order to get men. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, because I feel like it harkens back to, you know, the 50s, 60s, 70s when women couldn't literally get credit cards without their husbands, you know, like, sure. anyway, I, that, that wasn't a question. That was just a, I just think as a woman, like you want to make sure you're exclusive with this person. You don't want like him dating and like being with multiple women. And it's hard to have that conversation until like you've been dating them and you're seeing how it's going and you're seeing them weekly or more. So everything's different. If you're like hearing from him all the time and you know, you know, he's like really interested. I just don't want people to be used to sleep with them and not really be interested in dating. Them. Sure. So that's why I would suggest a month or two into dating, but every situation is different. If you are wanting to see how it goes with a person and you don't care if they're dating other people or sleeping with other people, or you have that conversation earlier on, I mean, that can happen too. Or you want to see if you're compatible in that way. You know, everybody decides for what they want, but for the most part, people that come to us, they are wanting something serious. So you kind of want to invest and make sure this might go the long haul. But yes, it is important to have that chemistry. So it's it's tricky to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I, I, I love asking people's opinions on it because you're always going to get different opinions, you know? Have you noticed any like different dating trends 
from your position? Because I feel like you guys have been in business for an adult person's life. Ah, <laughs> uh, right. It's like your business is in its 30s, right? Yeah. It's sex in the city years. So I'm guessing things have like drastically changed and I would love to know how. Yeah. So when we first started, uh, my mom started this company um, 20, almost nine years ago. So back then she... um, she actually joined a company and she brought home the, these videotapes and they were like horribly put together videotapes and like horribly edited and the quality was awful. But anyways, we sat down and watched a couple videos for her. And I was like 13 at the time and I helped pick out my stepdad and she went on one date and that's why she started this company because it worked for her. And she's like, Oh my God, you know, I found the one and I'm so excited and I want to help people do this. So then she started her company just a few months after finding her husband. I mean, they didn't get married right away, but she was with them. So she kind of started with, we would have to mail the profile to the person in the mail. It would take like oh forever to make these matches because you have to wait, you have to print them and you have to mail them and they have to look at it and then like call you and like let you know if they want to meet you. And then we got email and that was awesome. Then we just started emailing people. So yeah, a lot of progression. Now that there's so many apps and people dating that way, more interested in a matchmaker than they used to be. It's less taboo. Like, oh, I can't find a date. So I have to go to matchmaker. Like, no, that's just how people meet busy professionals. They meet that way and they meet online. Do you believe in like a pre FaceTime date or is that sort of antithetical because you're doing the pre FaceTime date? Yes. Uh, we usually suggest in-person date, um, no phone dating, no FaceTime dating because yes, I am pre-screening, vetting, making sure the photos look like the person. I set up the first date for my clients actually. And then I give each other their phone numbers so they can be in touch together and they can ask for second dates and all of that. We want it to be as organic as possible after the first date, but I do set up the first date for them. And it's helpful for people that are busy and they have busy schedules, like when works for you and works for you, you know, and it's less weeks and weeks of going on, chatting with a person and you don't end up meeting the person like, no, just give me some dates and I'm going to set it up for you and you're going to meet this weekend and that's what's going to happen. I love that. I wonder if the success rate you guys had was better back in the day because it was harder and therefore like there were fewer matches. And again, goes back to that like tyranny of choice. Now people are so used to having everything at their fingertips and being able to kind of blow through all of these people. Like that was the thought that I had. Yes, I agree. A lot of people are just like, oh, who's the next best thing? And swiping is so easy. And maybe there's somebody better out there. But I feel like within our business, people are a bit more serious that come to us and they are investing their time and money. So I think success rate is larger now and probably because also we have a larger pool of options, right? There's just more people to look through and to be able to find that right person for each person because we have such a, a big pool to be able to search for. In your opinion, what are like the top three things that guys seem to be looking for in women? I would say they top, top is they're attracted to that person. Whatever attraction is to them, they would never be down with a blind date. They want to see that they are attracted to that person in a photo or in person, whatever, but they want to make sure that they're attracted 
talk to that person. That's their number one. Um, that they are not using them, that they have like a career and a life and they don't have to take care of someone. I think that that would be um, a big turnoff for men. I'm not going to use him. Like the first date, she's going to be asking him to you know, pay her rent, that she's struggling in, you know, um, paying her bills or those types of things. You know, you don't want to have to, yeah, take care of someone. You want them to be stable. Um, and then I would probably say similar background and interests and hobbies and those types of things. Like they have some things in common. If, if somebody's a homebody and somebody else is like wanting to travel all the time, it's, you're not going to work. You want somebody kind of like-minded. What about the same question, but for women? Women want stability. They want someone that, you know, has a good head on their shoulders, is um, has a good career, whatever that may be, has um, stab- stability, can like take, you know, be manly and take care of a woman. Not that woman needs to stop working or whatever, but that's attractive for a woman is just stability and intelligence and I probably would say attraction and, and being into that person. Um, but I probably different order than a man. <laughs> and that to me is fascinating. It, it's, it's also fascinating that, you know, like men's concern is to be taken advantage of and when women's desire is like, you know, stability. I think that yes. it's, it's such an interesting time for women and dating. And like I said, you know, I mean, women couldn't get credit cards in their own name till 1974. A lot has changed, but it's, we're in that, that, that gray zone, like things are being redefined. Right. Right. And I think as a woman, like you would need to have your own life and have your own career and be happy and content and not need someone to take care of you. And like, wherever you are in your life, or maybe you need to find that happiness in what you do or with your family or friends or whatnot, like just be content and a hundred percent and not need someone to fill some void or uh, make you happy, right? Like you should have that happiness all by yourself, all by your lonesome, because you're content with what you're doing in your life and your passions and your career and your friends and your family and all those types of things. You don't want to be desperate. On either side, men or women, right? Desperate to find someone to fill some kind of void. Oh man, I could not agree more with that. Just just personally, you know, I think that like so many times that chase to fill a void or to get this fairy tale or this thinking, oh, when I get this guy, my life will look like X or when I find the right woman, Y will happen, you know, is just setting yourself up for well, failure and heartbreak. Right. hundred percent. It'll come to you when it's supposed to come to you, but yes, you have to go out there looking to, you know, it's not going to just always fall into your lap. So that's why I always like, you know, if you're looking, you got to put yourself out there. You got to say yes to people. You got to let your friends know you're single and interested. You got to put yourself out on the apps. You got to look into a matchmaker, pick up a new hobby or just Gonna get out and feel your best and look your best and you'll find them. But if you don't try, it doesn't always just come to you when you're sitting on the couch, you know, watching your shows. It's not always gonna find you that easy. I mean, and if he does, that man is probably a murderer. Right? He's showing up in your living room. You got problems, girl. <laughs> Peeping through your window. You don't want that one. <laughs> no, no. So, okay. For anybody that's listening and they're like, damn, this sounds like 
I don't know, something I'd be interested in, maybe like give me the soft pitch or like what's the next steps or if somebody wants to work with you, how do they do that? Yeah, so we have a website where you can go on, you can fill out a bit of information. It comes directly to our company. We don't have a database where anyone could see that information, but I would get it and then I would let you know who we may have for you. Like I said, we have full memberships and we have memberships where we can just put you into the database and there's no charge to you. We're not working for you full time, but you're just kind of in our system. So there's different ways that we can help our clients. So you could fill that out. You can, you know, contact me. You can call me 800-923-4200. You can visit our website, eliteconnections.com. Um, and then, you know, just, I could explain everything in more detail. Just reach out if you're interested. Wow. So, I mean, everybody should probably be a complimentary member because I mean, if, if that's just putting your information in the running, like maybe you have somebody that's like literally looking for me or for somebody that's listening. Exactly. Exactly. If I'm searching for clients and I think it's going to be a good fit, then I'll let, I'll let you know. Yes, I will have some people or I don't have anyone right now, but we can put you in the database and let you know when we have someone for you. But there's no guarantee, obviously. That's awesome. That's great. We have a book coming out. Uh, a, a dating advice book. After all these years, we're just going to share our knowledge. So that, that'll be coming soon. That's exciting. Yeah, super exciting. My mom and I have been working on it for a really long time. Okay. <laughs> Knowing that, why don't you, I don't know, leave us with a, a couple tips or tricks? I would just say always be positive when you're going out, like go out to make a friend. Don't even go out there like this is the one. Just try to enjoy yourself and meet new people and Sometimes it takes practice to date. So like get yourself out there and always just say yes. If someone's asking you out, say yes and go out and get your practice on. Like sometimes you just get more comfortable the more you do it. So practice, practice, practice makes perfect. Um, and then you're just going to meet more people and, and people may introduce you to other people or invite you to something that you may meet someone that way. Just opening up that social circle and getting out there in your community and just putting yourself out there. Totally. I feel like out in the universe. Yeah. I always say talk to the person in line, just get in the habit of doing that because at some point you're going to do that. And then that person you're going to be talking to and you can say, Oh, I'm actually looking for someone. And they're going to be like my nephew or, Oh my gosh, my coworker. And then you'll be invited to a party or you'll be set up. And I think we're more likely to be set up with either a job, a significant other, just an opportunity that we want from somebody that's not in our inner circle, because if they could do it, they would have already done it. So it's right. going to come from these these unexpected places, but that is going to mean that you're going to need to do some unexpected things. Yeah, you might have to try a little harder. You might have yeah. to like pick up a new hobby. Like oh, I've been wanting to learn golf. I'm going to you know grab a girlfriend. I'm going to go on the golf course and I'm going to go to the restaurant afterwards and mingle and try to be open to like chat with people. Because sometimes we get like, we go out and we just sit at our little table and we are not mingling. So it's going to be hard to meet people that way as well. Do you believe there's a certain color that you have to wear or that there's a certain color that makes people more attractive? Oh, good question. I think whatever makes you feel confident about yourself, like, oh, I look great in this. You know, you're going to just exude confidence because you feel great. And I always let people know, like, look your best, like put in effort, like do the hair and the makeup and the outfit, whatever makes you feel good about yourself, like feel your very best. And then you will be more attractive to people. They will be more attracted to you. If you are like going out every day, just like looking and feeling a hundred percent. I, yeah. I mean, I, I know that in my own life, like sometimes by the way, 
I can feel like a hot chick in sweats yeah, and it will work because it's like, it's more about how I'm feeling. Yeah. The Inner odd, confidence. Yeah. Odds are I'm not normally feeling like fuego in sweats, but you know, it has <laughs> happened. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. This was really exciting. And I think a little peek behind the curtain into like this whole new world of dating for most people. And also it's just interesting to get your insights because you have really had like a very interesting perspective and position on watching thousands of people date. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's a wild ride. I wouldn't want to do anything else. I just, I I love it. I love working with people and helping people meet the one and spreading the word. So I appreciate you having me on. (laughs) I ask everybody this, what is the best lover dating advice you've ever received? It takes work. You got to communicate. Very important. They're not going to read your mind. So you got to let them know what you're thinking, what you want, what you need. You got to let them know. I love that. That's great. And from all of my interviews, I do think that that is a very consistent theme. Okay. Tammy Pickle, thank you so much for joining us. This has been amazing. Thank you. Thanks for having me. 